Welcome back, everyone, to Engineers. Uh, we've got Matthew Denner today with us, and uh, Matthew's from Love Holidays. And they've had an interesting period over the last, let's just say, eight, nine months, uh, with COVID hitting the travel industry and their plans to reinvent customer experience. So, Matthew, do you want to give everyone a big hello and uh, talk to us a little bit about what you do at Love Holidays before we dive into Love Holidays? Sure. So, um, hello. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, so, I'm Matthew. Uh, I'm a principal engineer at Love Holidays, um, which basically means I look after uh, sort of a, a couple of teams, uh, but my main focus has been within the, uh, the contact center and the customer experience side of things in recent months. Okay. Who are Love Holidays? Big question. Yeah, we are. Um, I think we can describe us as uh, like the UK's biggest travel agent you've never heard of. Um, okay. We are. We were founded in like 2012, um, and we're what is called an online travel agent. So we are um, like the uh, the website you go to to book your holiday, and um, we've grown pretty dramatically over that period. Um, in 2019, we were the fourth largest atoll license holder okay. so that's about 1.3 million people um, who flew with us and we were recognized as the fastest growing privately owned business in the uk as well so it was pretty dramatic nice okay and obviously we've had a huge shift to move online over the last couple of years is that the mindset from powers that be or sea level to decide right Let's build something online that we can be pretty central. People can just come online, pick and choose their holidays or customize holidays. How does it work? Yeah, so I think I think uh, like I'm I'm old enough probably to remember going into a travel agent on, on High Street, and and I've gone in with my, uh, my my parents, and they would have said, you know, we want to go somewhere warm and uh, with a beach, and you know, we've got our kids, so we need a uh, you know, to need to, to entertain the kid. And yep. you would have worked with that travel agent to build the holiday experience. You wouldn't have done what uh, uh, other online travel agents are doing at the moment, which is, uh, you know, you pick a, a destination, like I want to go to Barcelona and I want to go these weeks or whatever, right? And yep. so Love Holidays is trying to create that experience. So if you go to our website, you can press search um, and just search. And it will do, uh, I think it's a default, like seven days um, with two people but it will just offer you up all the locations. And that's because we have a, uh, a 500 million uh, flight and hotel room combinations, and we cache that. So that's like a lot of the market. Yeah. And we cache it locally, and that means that we can provide this like open-ended, faceted search, and so you can refine it down. Um, and so uh, that's the experience we want. The other, the other side of that is it, it's then very quick, right? So okay. you don't see a spinner until you get to actually booking. And then once you get to booking, we sort of absorb any price changes that might have happened or if your flight oh, wow. might not be probably fully booked by that point. So that, that's the experience. Fast and more like a, a high street travel agent. Wow. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about COVID. Okay. <laughs> uh, COVID and holidays is is a terrible combination. So... Before we talk about some of the tech, talk to us about that experience from lockdown, I think March the 20th. What happened internally? Yeah, uh, 
Kate, you, you sort of alluded to it. COVID's been a like had a massive impact on our business. Um, I, I like I think if I if I go back to like just about a week before that lockdown, um, we had uh, we were we we've been hearing about Italy and uh, and, and I think it was Lombardy, the region in Italy where um, they were having uh, high cases, and we were sending SMSs to our customers saying that you know uh, if you're there, are you safe? If you're not, if you're going there, no, don't travel. Kind of thing. And I can remember being in a like a steering meeting for the business and uh like asking I don't think it was me, but somebody in the room asked, uh, like, what happens if nobody can travel? And the answer was like, well, if that happens, that's uh it's a lot worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like you've got bigger problems. <laughs> and uh, uh so that was that was Friday, I think. Like Saturday morning, we were Hearing about like planes turning around in midair, we we then start hearing about like Spain closing its borders and then another couple of other other countries close their borders and then the UK shut its airspace and we were in that situation where we had tens of thousands of people on holiday abroad and you have to um, you have to contact them and say you know um, are you safe can you get home and 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 like I said you need to say that to those people who are about to travel who are literally on their way to the airport. You know, going don't don't go to the airport, turn around, go home, um, and and that was pretty pretty intense. I think to, to try and give it a, a perspective, um, Thomas Cook collapsed at the end of uh, two thousand and nineteen, and at that point, we had to contact thirty thousand customers and say, you know, Thomas Cook has collapsed, and we're going to rearrange things for you. And we had uh, uh, like just general staff on the call center. Uh, phones taking calls. We had engineers working like seventy-two hours to book people onto other other airlines and stuff. Wow! Um, and, and that was just thirty thousand. Um, COVID has been like that every time a right. border has opened or closed. So that's the scale of the problem you deal with, um, and that's just ongoing. Wow! And, yeah, okay. it was intense. That's intense, and it, it's scary. You, you're quick to forget what's happened even several months before. Remember the Thomas Cook incident. Okay. I, I, I had a chat with Eugene, and this is a shout-out to Eugene Neal as well, who's looking after um, some of this reinvention of the customer experience. Obviously, big shout-out to you. We're here, and there's other people in the team. So talk to me about that conversation this might have happened back in 2019 as well to reinvent the customer experience but talk to me about migrating your call centers and automating some of that because let's talk about it the challenges and the fun parts of doing that yeah it's, um, so I, I think uh, i think as you called out eugene eugene had like he joined love holidays to to, to take that Sort of task on, and, and um, we we sort of identified that uh, you know we were going to um, uh, use a, a product called Twilio. Um, Twilio is like a uh, like a communication platform. Like think about it, like it, yeah. it has SMS sending capabilities, it has WhatsApp integration. It, they own SendGrid, you know, so they are about uh, communications, but they're also then uh, like a product above that, which is uh, like a call center product, like for for actual agents and receiving and making calls. Um, and so we'd already selected that as like what we were gonna use as a, as a product. Um, and we'd used it for sending SMSs. Uh, so, so, so that was that was what we wanted to do. 
Um, what happened was COVID accelerated that like pretty dramatically, right? Um, you know, so, so we had to form a team, which was about three or four people. Um, we had to deal with like not only shifting agents into that platform yeah. um, and, and, and dealing with things, but also dealing with the fact that the agents were then going from like an office-based environment where they got a decent connection, decent monitors, all that kind of stuff, um, to working at home, working from their uh, sofa or wherever it was with a 4G connection, um, which, which amazingly Twilio, Twilio handled really well. Um, but, but we also had to deal with the fact that we'd cancelled all these holidays. We had customers who were phoning us up going, no, I, uh, one, I want my refund. But two, I want to know if I can go on holiday. And, and that volume of calls was just too dramatic. So we shut the phone lines, which was something we'd never done before. We then, uh, we then took that opportunity to, to use it for migration path to Twilio. So we turned on live chat yep. on the website, um, hooked, it, hooked up Twilio to some of our booking data, um, put the, uh, the, the tool that we, the agents used to view bookings inside Twilio, so actually embedded it in the user interface that they had. Um, and uh, turn it on and watch what happened. And our agents were like 20% more productive because they weren't flicking between windows. So that's a good, that was a big win. But we were handling like 100,000 contacts a month. So you, you think about it, that's um, starts at nine o'clock, finishes at 8 p.m. Uh, we had this like tidal wave of people at 9 a.m. trying to trying to get in. Yeah. And, and we were just overwhelmed and, and we, we couldn't, deal with the volume we were hitting. So we had to start prioritizing people. So people were close to departure, we, we would uh, we'd prioritize them in a queue. Yep. Um, but that meant that somebody was just phoning about their holiday six months down the line or, or next year, um, they, uh, they, would, uh, they would be back at the back of the queue and they'd be waiting and they could be waiting hours. Right? Yep. And, it, and it was hours, it was uh, like six, seven hours. Yeah. We introduced this SMS functionality. So, um, we had uh, the ability for the customer to enter their phone number in the chat, um, and then that would be used to send them an SMS when they got close to the front of the queue, and that SMS would contain a link, and that link would bring them back into their chat. So rather than sitting there at their computer for six hours waiting for an agent, they could go off and they could do something else, and they could come back with like 15 or 20 minutes. And like thousands of people take this every day, and uh, yeah, it's got 90% return rate, which is amazing. And it's also something Twilio didn't know they could do. They, they, they didn't know that this was going to be a, a good thing to do. And so they're really interested in this as well. And then, yeah. like, that's people phoning up about, um, you know, can I fly and asking them questions? But then you've got, um, you've got, uh, people wanting refunds. Yeah. And obviously, loads of people, right? And it's a, it's a hot topic. And, um, you know, I, I think, so what we did was we built a, uh, they called it a, an IVR. And I don't know what an IVR stands for. It's like interactive voice thing right yeah um but it's basically the, the you, you phone up you, you phone up your bank you go press one for this press two for that so yeah we we built a, a line like that it would enter their booking reference the, the line would decide if that booking was uh due a refund they'd be put through an a through to an agent yeah um but that again <laughs> you, you've cancelled <laughs> god knows how many holidays uh that got overwhelmed and so we had to automate away the agents and how you'd phone a line. And rather than be put through an agent, you'd be put through to uh, another system, which would say, you press one to accept the, 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 the refund. Um, and, and that was all good. Um, that took like 250,000 calls between April and July, I think, which is, wow. in, again, insane figures. 
Um, but I think, uh, to put that in perspective, I think you it's quite Eugene again. Eugene went to a conference and he spoke to somebody and they said they were doing like 200,000 calls or chats. Um, and he was like, oh, that's, that's like twice that. That's quite good. And then they said they're doing it every week and we're wow. doing it every month. So there is a, there is another scale above us. So this is, these aren't big numbers for us and the big numbers probably for our industry, but they're not yeah. so big numbers for, for Twilio itself. Um, but, that, but all that happened yeah. like almost overnight. We, we were given like 12 weeks. Our contract was, uh, said to run out in like July. Um, but actually what happened was somebody actually got the date wrong. It was actually June. Uh, so we had to do this in eight weeks. We did a shift in eight weeks, which is ins yeah. insane and, and like in very intense, very, very, very intense. What underpins that success? Or what are you most proud of? Um, so I think, so, so Eugene told me that actually like moving a contact center is, is quite a quite a big job to do, right? And it takes months and, and sometimes up to like a year. Yeah. Um, but the fact that we did it in eight weeks with like three or four people was uh, was absolutely amazing, right? Um, I think that's, that's credit to one, the choice of technology. I mean, um, Twilio is a like, I, I talk about it like a product, but it's not. It, okay. from, from my perspective as an engineer, it's, it's like a collection of APIs and tools that I can kind of plug and join together. Okay. And it's, it's highly adaptable. And that's, that was awesome. Really, really good. Um, so that part of it was set that, uh, that tool. I think the fact that we had that clear goal was, uh, was useful. And I think that's the way that we try and work anyway. Um, so you got, you got a clear goal and some way of measuring your success. You know, our, our measure of success was, um, you know, can people take contact us? Can they get their refund? Um, and, and one, can we get out of our existing contract by that deadline? So we had clear goals, clear, clear, clear ways to measure our progress. Um, so yeah, I think that was, that was, that was a big driver. I think the other side of it is, uh, having a team, which is like a cohesive unit who can like work with purpose, work with autonomy. Um, own, own the problem, be responsible for it, right? And, and, and know that. Um, and I think they, the whole team worked in a way which sort of like, uh, so I describe it like breathing. Kind yeah. of you push forward and you do something and then you kind of relax and then you push forward and you breathe. And, and so you create that little space to do something quick, learn something, and then, uh, and then, and then create some space for you to, to, to fix up the problems you've created because you, you, you undoubtedly, when you're moving that fast, you are creating these problems. You have to come back and do them. Um, yeah. But, but I think, I think like it's can't ignore the COVID thing as well. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody would have migrated like that. <laughs> that, that, that was a pressure. So yeah, yeah, we, we spoke offline about this. It was, it was a good propeller to uh, force your hand essentially and say, well, you, you don't have too many choices, but to do it this way, you, so everyone kind of mucks in and just does it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start startup mentality, right? You, you've you've got a you've got this uh, like problem, which is let's face it, pretty much shutting your business, right? You, you you at that point when we were in lockdown, you you couldn't travel, right? And and that was people very few people booking uh, because they were worried about it, um, and, and traditionally they were booked a year out, but they, that sort of died off as well. Um, but you know that that incredible focus that just you you have to get something done and knowing that you're doing it to help people who are worried and, and nervous and, and rightly so, right? 
Is is that quite reflective of the Love Holidays mindset? We're, we're talking about one team right here as well. There were, I'm sure, many conversations in other rooms where people were probably thinking, shit, what happens if we don't do this? Or we need to do this. So is that quite reflective of how you've worked as to what happens in other parts of Love Holidays? Um I think I think every every area of the business felt that pressure, right? I I I think we we faced up to it maybe um, directly because yep. of the way we were interacting with those customers. But every part of the business felt it. Every team felt it. Um, it it would be wrong to single us out as a as a as a focal point. I think yep. you know you've got um, you've got uh, uh, I guess um, it might be it might be useful to describe a bit of the structure of, of like uh, Love Holidays itself. Um, uh, if you think about us as like a marketplace, right? On, on one side you have customers wanting a holiday. On the other side, you've got uh, suppliers like uh, airlines and hotels wanting to sell flights and, and hotel rooms and yep. hire cars or whatever it is, right? And, and we sit in the middle, and so we interact with uh, the suppliers and we interact with the, the customers, and we try and bring the two together and, and try and get somebody their holiday that they want, and we try and get the suppliers, passengers, and, and people in their rooms, right? Yeah, um, and so we're structured similarly to that as well. So at the back end, you have a, a team called supply, and they look after suppliers. The the uh, you can imagine, right? There's, there's no uniformity across any of the suppliers, um, and they all do things in their own way, as as every every industry does with like uh, lots of uh, businesses inside it. And so supply insulate our core business from that. They provide that uniform interface and, and feed. On the on the other side, you have teams like uh, like the digital product side of things, which are looking after like, the website. Yep. There's a there's a team looking after like our new mobile app and, and managing uh, the booking experience. Yeah, and then there's the customer experience, uh, the, the contact center as well, right? And then in the middle, we have like a core set of teams which are around uh, like generating that market, handling that market, and then dealing with your booking in in the in that in that market, right? Um, and so uh, they're like the, the, the middlemen between the, the customers and, and, and the suppliers, you want, right? Um, and so that's how we're structured. I think yeah. if you look at what COVID did to us, it hit our, our contact center hard because people wanted to, to get in. Um, it hit the, the bookings uh, sort of side, I think, because we had to deal with mass cancellations, mass yeah. Uh, changes and 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 it's ongoing, right? It's borders opening up and borders closing, and those all impact that that team. So that's doing some stuff. And then the suppliers, they are cancelling flights, they're delaying flights, they're changing their conditions of travel, all these kind of things. And that's supplies' job is to insert from that. So all of these teams are hit by it. And then alongside that, you've got the teams which are sort of outside that. You've got um, you've got like the finance team, they're dealing with uh, the money of the business, and you've got um, uh, yeah. HR, which are dealing with people going working from home, it, it's like a, it was it was pretty dramatic, right? Um, so yeah, everybody everybody hit, and I think we've worked really hard for that. Yeah, go, can you go into a little bit more depth uh, for us and the listeners on? You've spoken about some of the teams, supply, uh, bookings, mobile experience. Can you go into some of that, if you like, architecture? And talk to us about not super in depth, just a, a high level overview and maybe some of the tech tools that you guys use and why. 
Yeah, uh, so we've got, uh, we are, I'm going to say, like entirely hosted within Google Cloud. Like those, those teams are fundamentally uh, using Google uh, Cloud technologies. Um, I, there, there might be a few other systems lying around, but they're, they're the odd one or two. Yep. But each of, those, each of those teams is able to operate how they want to operate. They, they, they run their processes how they want, um, which means that they build the systems that they want. They look after the systems they want. Um, and so um, traditionally, uh, Love Holidays has been like a, a bit of a Java shop and has written a lot of Java, but over time we're starting to become more polyglot. And so we're building microservices. Um, in some cases, we've got uh, microliths, um, a bit bigger than a microservice, but it's more than a monolith. Microliths? Um, uh, yeah, a microlith. That's what I like to call them. It's like a, a, a microlith. Yeah, a microlift, something. Yeah, yeah. Up, and I was thinking, <laughs> I haven't heard of that. We're, we're pretty good at building lifts. Uh, yeah. um, so, so, so yes, yeah, so, so you got they got uh, they got micro microservices. That's that's essentially the architecture. Yeah, um, a lot of interconnections between those are over HTTP, but we also do some stuff over like PubSub because uh, also uh, that's a core messaging office offer, offering from Google. Yeah. Google, and we got a bit Kafka. We got a bit of RabbitMQ. Um, so it's, it's, it's very, uh, each, because each team runs itself, it can pick what it wants, but you have to worry about then the bits in between that, uh, that, that you have to worry about. Um, like I said, uh, Java languages, uh, like Java, Rust, we're doing some uh, pretty awesome stuff, um, in the, in the sort of front end team, uh, to do with like Rust. Oh, CMS or, right here. Uh, rebuilding. Uh, yeah, we've got to do, we're doing a bit from CMS, but we're also doing some AB testing stuff right on the very edge. So up in like wow. Fastly, we Fastly is a, uh, as a sort of uh, interfacing to our systems, uh, um, and we're doing some like really cool stuff with A/B testing on that edge. Um, we've got a that team, like I mentioned, looking after uh, the mobile apps. So they've they've literally started building a mobile app like three months ago, um, and, and they're using uh, like React Native, I think, um, because that's a, a offers us that ability to do that multi-platform kind of stuff for one code base. Um, and and we're lucky that our our app is. Um, not using anything amazing, amazingly unique to a, an operating system, so you can you can you can build that stuff out. Um, okay. Like in in the CX team, we use a, a lot of a lot of JavaScript, um, but we are bringing like automation and uh, natural language understanding in. So we're doing a lot of stuff with uh, Google Dialogflow okay. um, to 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 do with bots, and we're doing um, some so some stuff which is really cool with uh, Twilio and Google to do around actual contacts into AI. So um, actually not just handling that customer interaction and, and answering their questions with automation, but then uh, supporting agents at the same time. So um, we're doing like agent assistance kind of thing where uh, you and I could be chatting on a chat yeah. um, and you might be mentioning Ryanair or uh, EasyJet or an airline, uh, another airline. Um, and um, this automation system would be feeding me as the agent some information about that uh, about that uh, airline, about that query, um, oh, wow. about your booking, all this kind of stuff automatically, uh, uh, like interpreting a conversation, um, which, is wow. really, which is really really cool, right? Um, and I think we've uh, we've recently gone live with that to to start with, like as a, as a like MVP kind of thing, and um, I think that makes us one of the first in the world to be. Doing that, if not the first to be using it specifically in Twilio. Wow! Um, and um, uh, next step is voice. So doing the voice conversation as well. I can imagine. How, how does that actually work? The 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 AI and the chatbot. How does that actually work? 
Yeah, so uh, so like um, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of description about dialogue flow and, and, and that NLU stuff. I, I, I treat you like don't know anything. Uh, Please go. Yeah, so, so, uh, so um, when, you, when you have a bot, um, and this is my interpretation of this, uh, you have what's called intent. So you'll, you'll be typing something like, um, uh, where's my refund or can I have my money back or something like that. And those intents, those texts, those, those phrases map to an intent. That intent is seen as uh, like a refund intent. And that's what um, like the, the language understanding system does. It takes uh, text and interprets it and takes lots of examples, me measures what you've typed against those examples and decides that that matches this intent of refund. Yeah. Um, that can drive either the bots to say something um, directly, or it can hand off to a system in the background called uh, like a fulfillment service where it, where you can write code to interpret it. And so it hands over a bunch of information, like how confident it is that it's that intent, um, like uh, like um, sentiment analysis information, all this kind of stuff. Um, your system can then use that and interpret, interpret that to do stuff. So. Um, I might know that you, uh, you, you've asked my refund. I might have some context about your booking. I can go and get your booking. I can look, see whether you're due a refund. And I can, and I can then reply back with either some text to say, Hey, yes, you're, you're due a refund, which the bot yeah. will then send on, or, um, like an event to drive the bot to do something else, which can, which can then flow into another intent and, and so on. Right. And so you build up like this, uh, you use these intents to build up a conversation and, like your first reaction is to say, well, I want a, I want a structured conversation. So I would, I would go, do you want to refund? Yes, no. And you have a, a sort of follow-up intent to do that, which is like, do you want it paid in dollars or pounds? And you'd say dollars or pounds. And you build like this very structured, tree, rigid thing. But actually what uh, dialogue flow is great at is yeah. building that conversation very naturally. Like you, like you and I are having there, you, it, it can do that and it can take those intents and it can form that conversation. And so... All we're doing is rather than sending the responses from uh, from that bot back to the customer, which which we can do and, and we do do, yeah. um, we can actually feed that information back up into the agent interface, and that's as, as a product written by a, a company called Savio, um, and, and we're using that as a part as our integration. So yeah, awesome. nice. No, that did that did okay. Um, I think automation tools are a fab for customer service, people anywhere, or thinking tech, right? If you can actually replicate some of the manual stuff yourself with that automation, that's what it's there for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, going back to the Twilio thing, because I think what you've done is fantastic. What, what do you think are some of the learnings and key takeaways from that? working in a small team, that collaboration, being agile, moving fast, there probably are the key takeaways, but what, what else do you think you're going to take forward and latch on to for Love Holidays? Um, so, so like, I, I think you're absolutely right that, like, as, a, as engineers and as, as the tech community, right, we, we expect that ownership and we expect that agility and all that kind of stuff. Those are kind of like givens. I think um, the experience of covid and um and the contact center move and everything like that is that our customers and people in general are shifting in society right i think we are shifting away from like you, you and i having this conversation over a video link right 
Yeah. Um, like, and, and I, at the beginning of COVID, I hated these kind of things, right? I, I, and um, I, I wanted to do phone calls and, and, I, and I, you know, I, I'd phone people and I'd speak to them on the phone. And then even that was sort of a horrible experience. Yeah. Um, but I've adapted. And I think, um, I think that's like society and, 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 and particularly kids, because I've got a 16 year old son, you know, they, they, they're moving into this environment. And I think we have to as well as businesses. And so one of the takeaways from, uh, from the COVID experience and from this experience is that our customers want to contact us and they want to contact us in a way that suits them whenever they want, wherever they want, yeah. however they want, right? Um, which means that we have to, uh, we've offered live chat. We, we you know, we're going to be offering voice as well, uh, but we have to offer things like WhatsApp, yeah. uh, Facebook. You know, lots of people contact us through Facebook. Um, um, and we currently have Facebook in one system and, uh, and like our agents sitting in uh, Twilio in another system. And, and we need to bring those two together to, to gain that experience, that, uh, that improvement and uh, performance enhancement that we found right at the very beginning of COVID when we pulled our booking system into that interface. We can bring social in there and it's a consistent experience for agents to be more productive. So we have to do that. I think that's, uh, that's a benefit and that's something I'm taking away and learning that you know, consistent interface, consistent experience better cater to the customers. I think um, uh, the mobile app's another one, right? I think we need to open the mobile app up to customers and like that as another communication because that tells me it's you. Um, yeah. It's you, that you, you know, on, on your, and rather than booking, it's a person, it's in your, on your phone. I can do some stuff like, I can tell where you are. Like I can tell you didn't go on holiday when you said you were, you're still at home. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the take the takeaway is really that we shouldn't be afraid to have those conversations with our customers we should open it up we should allow them to contact us we should yeah. enable them like you say to um to get answers to automation um because yeah you can go to a website you can read faqs but who wants to read faqs we can be told exactly yeah exactly i think you make a couple of really good points about what's current right now facebook whatsapp mobile these are things for example it is a pink phone excuse me um these are things that are current and we use every day right a, a mobile app is in our face exactly like other people use instagram whatsapp that is our mechanism to be able to talk to x business or x customer yeah so yeah, yeah. be where your customers are at I think that's that's a smart play, and I think a lot of companies in the travel space won't reinvent and be like that, right? Yeah, I, I think I think that's uh, I think reinvention is, is absolutely the the word you have to, to use here, right? We we are as an industry, we are being hit very hard, and that's not to say other industries aren't, but but we are being hit very hard, and I think the businesses which survive those kind of events, the businesses which can adapt and can reinvent themselves and reinvent that, that industry itself. Um, you know, we, we see, we see that all the time. And I think that's what we as a company are, are positioned to do. And, and, um, I think that's what, uh, what our industry needs. And it's, it's COVID has been a blessing and a curse, I guess. In some way. Yeah. Good. I, I think for a lot of people, yeah. in truth, blessing and a curse. Yeah. Well, what's next for for twenty twenty one, and love holidays, or is, or is hopefully, it? Let's wait and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be lots and lots of holidays. Right, everybody will be on holiday. I think I think that's the other thing about all of this. Right, we yeah. we, we talk about this and we do about this, but uh, you know, COVID's COVID's with us. Right, I think COVID is 
um, has gone from being the story to being the background of every story, and and it's become our our BAU and what we do. I think you know we're hearing about vaccines, we're hearing about um, them being like 94 percent um, effective. And I think that's that's great, right? I think um, we should be cautiously optimistic about that. Yeah. Um, I I think we have to consider that like next year is going to be tough, whichever way you look at it. Right? I think personally, looking at it, you know, you've got um, you've got COVID in the background, you've got the risk, the potential of vaccines maybe later in the year, I think, because of like the way that they would probably give those vaccines out. I suspect yeah. they're going to give them to you know, frontline workers first because they're the people who are looking after us. I think that's the right thing to do, right? Yeah. Um, so you're, you're going to be able to go on a holiday. That's great. Um, they're going to be like, I suspect we're going to have restrictions on, our, on, the, on travel to some extent. Yeah. We're probably going to say like, you can go on holiday, um, but you should definitely have like a vaccine certificate or something like that. I, I don't know. But yeah. they're, they're already asking you to have um, a negative COVID test yeah. um, for entry into some countries. But I think that's that's COVID and stuff. Um, I think we've got the, the, the looming thing of, of Brexit, which is going to be pushed to the back. So I think it's going to be tough. I think what uh, we are doing as a, as a business is trying to capitalise on this moment to look forward to that moment, right? Um, and, you know, we can do better contacts, we can do better customer interactions, we can offer a better experience um, and we can, uh, we can hold on to that market. I think we're going to do really well, right? I hope. Nice. Okay. Uh, and I think for anyone listening, um, a travel a travel company that stayed resilient, that have uh, some really interesting ideas about a mobile experience, reinventing customer experience that I think Twilio wants to talk on, if I'm right. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure some interesting challenges around supply and core and other facets of the business, then tune in, talk to Matthew, talk to Eugene, talk to many other people or reach out to many other people in the business because seemingly there's some interesting challenges going on. You don't have to be from a Java background. You heard it. Uh, there are lots of different environments and different ways to build microservices. I think just taking a general view on engineering, you should be fine. Or modern engineering, you should be fine. Um, so get in touch with these guys. I want to say a big thanks. Um, keep going. Keep doing what you're doing because you're allowing people like myself, many others, to continue to travel or get our money back. When money's at risk, right, uh, we we do all go into a little bit of meltdown and yeah. think, what's going on? But big thanks to you guys. Yeah, well, thank you. And book holiday. That's what you'll be saying. <laughs> I will. Uh, there'll be some pressure, no doubt. There'll be some pressure. Um, but tune in. There's there's some links below in regards to uh, Love Holidays, what they're doing, what they're building, uh, that you can check out as well. And Matthew's LinkedIn profile, so you can check out Matthew. Just want to say a big thanks. You're welcome. More Pleasure. Good. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in, F1, and bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for watching this episode. Uh, massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge, sharing and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. 
Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.